Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. We don't have the youth in the podcast this week like we did last week, but we do have Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. He's back in the house. Thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah. It's about to get busy around here, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. As of the time we're recording this, we've got our big Run for God weekend here in Dalton. <laughs> and uh, so got a got some a lot of Run Club members coming to town. You know, I was looking at the registrations this morning and you know, we always kind of give shout outs to those that travel the forest, the furthest. And I knew we had a couple coming from Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed that that was the furthest. Right. But it's not. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that Hawaii is actually a thousand more miles than, than Ireland. Uh, so we got a couple coming from Ireland, a couple coming from Hawaii, and then obviously... Um, Jean from Alaska. Jean from Alaska. And she's only like 400 miles closer than Ireland. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's crazy to me that people will travel that far to run a free 5K. But like we always say, it's not about the 5Ks. It's not even always about the training. It's about the community that we're building here, and that's that's the cool thing. We're gonna have a lot of fun this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah, because there's some folks, you know, we we we, we know the the folks that the, the friends we've developed over the last few sure. years that you know, like household names, and you got the new ones yeah. that have just come up recently, and you you just you really want to meet them. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So last week, Lane and Becca, right? Yeah, they you know, I actually job. just before you got here, I just started. You you always send me the 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 video a few days beforehand and i just started listening to it and uh yeah i think those two probably outshined you yeah i'm sure of that (laughs) but you know it's great to see young folks have a such a great perspective on things that's so refreshing because we hear so many other things yeah and i mean you can you know lane's my son um rebecca you know she's might as well be your daughter daughter i never had (laughs) but i mean they both have a great bearing on their walk with christ and that's what's cool to see i wasn't in the room i wasn't even here when y'all recorded that but just to start to hear one my son and then and two rebecca these conversations that it's 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 not my words yeah it's it's what i hoped would be instilled into them you know i coached rebecca when she was young you currently coach rebecca and it's you know it's just like with your kids, it's what you hope will come out of them one day. And yep. um, I don't know. It's cool. To, it's cool to see uh, yeah, those two kind of gang up on you, if anything. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was fun. That was fun for sure. All right. We have uh, our, our uh, uh, sponsor for this week. Yeah. We is, got is one of my favorites. Yeah. Ken's Car Star. Uh, Ken's Car Star features state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment, expert painting, towing assistance, vehicle pickup and delivery, and nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. 
Uh, they've repaired more than 4 million vehicles since 1989. That's why more people choose CarStar Auto Body Repair Experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop. Cause Ken's CarStar and schedule a free estimate today. You know, Jamie and the whole team, your boys are down there. Yep. Um, it's just a cool place. Unfortunately, I don't like to see them on a professional level, <laughs> but sure. I've had to twice in the past six months and they're both minor things it's just those things that make you really mad that you yeah. weren't looking and you backed into whatever and um but really a cool environment down there they're yeah. they're a very faith-based organization yeah. you can tell it when you walk in there yep and uh yeah it's uh it makes it sting a little bit less to give them your money when it's that kind of organization. <laughs> Especially when it's, boy, it's so expensive to repair a car these oh, days. Bum, yeah. And the car, I mean, my truck bumper. You know, when I was in high school, I, I remember going to a junkyard to find a bumper to replace because I backed into something. It was a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> they don't even cover the touch-up paint nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's thanks to Jamie. They've been a longtime supporter and, uh, we can't do what we do without these these sponsors. So if if you are a business out there and you want to uh, support Run for God and allow us to support what you do, um, you can send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com and Lane will get you all the information on how you can join the, the corporate sponsor team here at Run for God. That's awesome. Well, we had a Facebook post from last week. Actually, it's the same person that we used in the previous week. I noticed and, that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but these they were just good. Yeah. So, Rania Irvin, again, has a Facebook post, and it says this. Week 11, day 3, complete. Dean and Mitchell commented on a podcast that people use the excuse of being on vacation as a reason not to get their run in. Ha ha, I am the opposite i look forward to finding a place to get my run in i also search out weight watcher studios and bible study fellowship classes if i'm going to miss weigh-in or bible study while on vacation well this weekend i'm in oceanside to cheer my friend on who will be doing the half iron man tomorrow morning i got my 30 minute run in while he tested out the water I ran along the course that he will run tomorrow. Even made it to the finish line. <laughs> the backside of it. <laughs> I remember reading a Facebook post from earlier in the week where the topic was having to walk hills. I ran down a hill on my way out on my run, so of course I was going to have to come back up it. As I was approaching it from a distance, my mind was telling me that I may just have to walk it. As I got a little closer, I remembered one of the comments someone made on that post. If you slow down a little on the hill, you might surprise yourself and be able to do it. God popped that little aha in there with the additional aha that I was deciding I couldn't do it before I even tried. Then I remembered Mitchell's comment on the podcast, 102 I think, about uh, not saying try, either do or don't. So with God's help, I changed my mindset. I told myself that we were going to slow down at the hill and just do it. I prayed my way up the hill and rejoiced at the top because I did run the whole thing. If I had to walk part way up, that wouldn't have been the wouldn't have been horrible. But my mind deciding before I even got to it that I couldn't was horrible. I am so thankful for all of you who post thoughts and questions in the Facebook group and for Dean and Mitchell who share training, wisdom, and laughs via weekly videos, podcasts, and Facebook live sessions. You 
all are inspiring and helping me along the way. Thank you. Looking forward to week 12 and our hashtag Team California Dreaming Santa Anita Derby Day 5K, the same day as the Run for God 5K. Keep up the great work and go shine your light. Wow. You know, she mentioned the Oceanside 70.3. I know you don't follow triathlon very much, but did you hear about the the battle between, um, gosh, I can't remember his name. I got it pulled up here. It's Lionel Sanders and... um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but did you hear about the finish? No. You know, this is a 70.3-mile race, and and right there is a f- picture of the finish line. Oh, my goodness. And, wow. Uh, Lionel Sanders got beat right there at the end, but it was a uh, – you need to pull that video up and watch. I mean, all the way down the carpet, these two guys are just – it's one of those epic battles. Yeah. That, you know, you see this in some shorter races, but 70-mile races – to come down to a finish like that, it was pretty epic. So That's pretty cool. Kind of yeah. reminds you of some of the Brownlee finishes of the yeah. old days and Gomez, and yeah. Uh, but they're just beating each other's brains in for seventy miles. Yeah, you know, three hours of just that's, all out. So it's that's uh, crazy cool. Yeah, yeah, but that was a great Facebook post. Um, yeah, so many truths in there, right? Yeah, uh, we we so often talk ourselves out of things before we even get there and try. And mm-hmm. I see it as a, as a coach. We've seen it over and over again. Uh, as and sometimes it's even something as simple as, and I tell the our ladies this all the time, that you have to come with to practice, even when you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Come with the idea that I'm going to accomplish what I came here to do today, because it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. Well, the opposite is true too. When you go to practice every day, when you go run every day, when you're just coming up to this hill in a general easy run Mm -hmm. and you give up, it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to pick up those bad habits, do we? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with going into a workout or into a run saying, I'm going to get this done. It may not feel good, but I'm going to get it done. There's nothing wrong with that. But so many times we we let that be our off the hook of, you know, I'm just not feeling this day. I just don't feel good therefore we don't do it. it it's okay not to feel good yeah. you know but that that is that has nothing to do with whether or not you get your workout in yeah and we've got to train our brain to get to that point we do and sometimes it's the opposite way this past weekend I, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I ran this past weekend i, I did uh, i did a 10 mile run which is longer than my my normal average run lately right uh, on friday knowing that i was probably going to do 10 to 14 miles on saturday with our team well i had one girl who you know where she's the mar- our marathoner riley joe who's been on this podcast before and she was going to be doing a long run. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, if she's going to be doing a long run and I'm going to be hanging around, I might as well just keep running. Mm-hmm. So I wound up running 18 miles. Well, the next day I get up and I realize I felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I ran another 12 miles the next day, which is not my normal mm-hmm. way of doing things. And you have to, here's the thing, what I'm saying is you got to leave yourself open to feeling better than you think you're going to. Right. I anticipated that Saturday, Sunday afternoon when I went for my run, it was going to be awful. And yeah. it turned out to be a pretty special day. Yeah. So uh, Those are much better days than the ones where you go out and you're thinking, <laughs> I'm just going to crush this run. Yes. <laughs> and then you got your tongue hanging out when you come back in and you're like, what just happened? Yeah. But uh, yeah, you never know how these, you never know how runs are going to turn out. But you got, you got to be able to adjust and allow yourself 
for things to change. We've talked about that on this podcast before. You've got to leave the door open for things to change and adapt because so many times when it doesn't go exactly how we think, we pack it up and we go home and that's that's not the answer yeah yeah and in my case i decided well like on that sunday afternoon i decided well i'm just going to run really easy Mm -hmm. i don't care what my pace is and i'm just going to run really easy and that way it won't hurt too bad Mm -hmm. well i wind up running faster than i normally do with this purposeful thought of i'm going to run slower today yeah and sometimes you know it's just it's really cool and then this whole idea of running on vacation is definitely my thing. I love, love running on vacation. Yeah. I think it's I great. think I get more miles on a typical vacation. In the series of days we're on vacation, our family typically gets in more miles during those days than we do in an average week. You we, know, just because if anything, you know, you, you got to offset that that food intake that you know you're going to get at those good <laughs> restaurants. That's true. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to look at a, a vacation not as a – vacation for running but an opportunity to maybe run in different places yeah or see different things on a run um don't we used to hear this all the time with the young triathlete kids you know i i didn't run last week i was on vacation well what does that have to do with the price of corn you know it's (laughs) yeah you you don't have shoes there's there's no roads there's you know but uh, but yeah it's it's just it's it's being completely all into the sport yeah. and not allowing yourself which we again we've talked about this bleeds over to so many other areas of your life if you can take this posture with running that nothing's going to get in my way mm-hmm. i'm going to feel bad some days but i'm going to do it anyway man that just bleeds over to every area of your life yeah it does all right well we had a trivia question from last week and the trivia question was this the movie chariots of fire features two prominent runners eric little and harold abrahams little chooses not to run his best event the hundred meter dash in the olympics why and which event does he actually run did you know this one off the top of your head um uh is is it is this the reason it was on sunday Yes, that's okay. why he didn't run. Okay. I figure that. But, I've only ever seen this movie, I think, twice. Yeah. It's a great uh, movie. Yeah. It really is a good movie. And uh, I would encourage everybody to, to go out, to go watch it. I mean, it was, it was made in 1981. It's, it's an old movie now, yeah. but, man, it's so timeless. And maybe it's because it was set in a in a time period that it was this was back in 1920s sure is, is the time period that it's set but anyway eric little is he's a very devout scottish christian um he basically tells everybody he runs for the glory of god it's kind of what our mo is is, mm-hmm. is run for god um and then harold abrahams is is an english jew and at that time there was a lot of prejudice against jews and so he he basically ran to overcome that prejudice you could feel the heaviness of that in him in, in the movie the guy that plays that part does a really good job um the the film was huge it was nominated for 77 academy awards it I won four yeah really? it was best picture i didn't know that that's right it was it was huge um, the term chariots of fire comes out of second mm-hmm. Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very, very biblical based. Um, and, and to see something win best picture when it's, uh, as biblically based as this is, I think is really cool. Don't know and if I, that could happen today. I know, I know. And I thought they did a really good job in this movie of, of not being overtly, 
proselytizing, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people worry about, but still making a very, very strong and valid point. Sure. So it was really good. Anyway, it's about the 1924 Olympic Games. Abrahams attends the University of Cambridge, um, and he hears anti-Semitism all around him at college. Um, and he takes on this challenge. It's really cool to watch this. It's called the Trinity Great Court Run. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember it in the I movie yeah. where, you know, the idea is as soon as the the, the bell starts to toll, the clock, um, running around this circuit within uh, before the last sure. bell goes off. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he's a great runner. He does that. And uh you know, the, the movie goes on and it talks about this. It's got Little and Abrahams and the, the contrast and comparison between the two. They're both running for Great Britain. And um, and it's pretty cool. Eric Little is a his family is missionaries in China. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a missionary in China when all of his running career is over with. And his sister, who, again, is very again, part of the family, very devout, really thinks that. Eric doesn't take this whole Christianity thing very seriously, um, but he does. And, um, and and then he misses a church service and his sister just berates him for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, see, I told you, you, you just care too much about this running thing. And then Eric Little makes one of my favorite running quotes of any running quote anywhere, anytime. When he says this, he says, I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Hmm. I love yeah. that quote. And uh, he felt like he was dishonoring you God. You say a version of that often. Yeah. You say God gave most people something useful. For me, he gave running. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, but he felt like if he didn't run, he was be, he was dishonoring yeah. God because God sure. gave him that gift. Yeah. And, you know, you've heard me say the same thing. I really feel like that's... God, God gave me that. I feel guilty if I don't run. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, um, so he doesn't run the hundred meter race, and the reason he doesn't run the hundred meter race is because the the preliminaries of the hundred meters is going to be held on Sunday, and he does not run on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It's just it's non negotiable. A lot of people try to talk him into doing it anyway, and he's like, "No, this is my that's my this is my red line." I don't go past that and I don't do that and I won't do that. And so here he is. He's really proving to himself and his sister how important his faith is um, to him because as important as running is to him, he clearly puts his faith first. And so, but one of his teammates gives up his spot in the 400 meters, which is interesting because the 100 meters, 400 meters, we don't equate those. (laughs) Different worlds. Yes. Yeah. And but he's he's like, yeah, I'll run the 400 meters. And so uh, he runs this race that's way, way different than what he normally runs. Meanwhile, Abraham's whose best event is the 200 meter dash. He gets beat in the 200 meters and he's pretty down about it. The Americans come in and just wear him out in the 200 meters and he's pretty upset. And so. This whole the whole idea of Eric not running the hundred meters gives Harold Abrahams a chance to run the hundred meters without Eric in it because he hadn't beaten Eric and so um, he has this opportunity to really shine in the hundred meters and he's really determined to do that and so he winds up coming back and winning the hundred meters which was a really really cool thing for him it really you could feel it in the in the movie how how he felt like there was this burden on him. Mm-hmm. 
and winning that race just completely lifted that burden. It was like he could go on with life now. I need to watch this movie again. Yeah. And then in, in the end, of course, Little winds up winning the 400 meters, even though he's not a 400-meter runner. And he says he, he gives all glory to God for what he does. And it's uh, it's just a really, really great story about running and faith. It's a lot lot like what we do. They run for God. There's so. a lot of great movies out there Yeah, that, that are all about running. I saw where um, – the perfect race remember yeah the there there are is he's about to come out with another one isn't he yes it's the, 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 the third. third of that series yeah but uh, it's not running related it's not running related. it is not same coach that that was in the first two but really? she's going and coaching golf now i didn't know that so yeah. i just saw um is it D- dave cristiano yes kind of alluded to something the other day and uh so it kind of piqued my interest but yeah there's a lot of great great running movies yeah, out there, there. Are. there are um a lot a lot of people never even heard of yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of the loneliness of the long distance runner? No. That may be the so. first running focused movie that was ever made. It was made, I think, in 1963. Really? And it's about a guy who's in prison, who's who's a runner. Yeah. And finds comfort in the solitude of running while he's in prison. Hmm. And yeah, it's it's a pretty, again, it's it's an old British movie. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's a good one. Wow. All right. So, Dean, we've got, uh, of course, we don't wear these, but we've got the ladies' tanks out right now. Oh, wow. And they're... Uh, they're a pretty hot commodity right now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we we wanted to kind of tell everybody on here about those. They're the ladies' racer back tanks. They're uh, evidently it's the style that everybody wants nowadays. But we have five to choose from, five different colors with five different designs on them. If you buy four, you get the fifth one free. Awesome. Um, so go to runforgod.com. Check those out if you are a lady. We also have men's tanks, uh, but those have been on there for a while. But these are brand new, all new designs. So uh, go in there and check those out. I, you know, we're not going to model those for you today. That would be <laughs> completely inappropriate. Um, but yeah, go check them out. And remember too, if you're a Run Club member, you get a discount. Sure. Right. It's it's everything in the store is less when you're a Run Club member. Right. right? You've got a code that you can use anytime. That's right. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, we're back. And don't forget that on Thursday nights, we have this Facebook Live thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the Facebook Live thing's pretty fun. I think we, we've gotten more participation in that over the years. And I know a lot of people go back and watch it after the fact. Yeah. Um, but Thursday night is a great time for, for you to come with some questions. And, uh, and I'll answer questions and try to we try to focus on something that everybody wants to hear about. Um, it may be motivational. It may be more biblically related. It may be just very informational. Could be a little bit of anything. Yeah. And if there's something out there that you want to hear about, maybe maybe you haven't heard Dean talk about it or it's something that you've always wondered about that you would like for for Dean to dig into. Shoot him an email. Yeah. Uh, Dean at runforgod.com. You can shoot him an email and let him know. Say, hey, you know, let's let's talk about this this Thursday night. Because uh, you're always looking for good topics. For right? sure, one hundred percent. And don't forget to share your story. 
we uh, we're all about stories. We're going to share somebody's story here in just a minute. We just we need uh, we need you to share your story. So go to the Run for God page. Go to the bottom to share your story. Click on that, and it just guides you through the whole thing. And please know, please know, we hear this all the time. Well, I don't have a story. I don't have a very good story. It doesn't matter how vanilla you think your story is. We've had some, we've had some stories that people have sent in that they thought they were just plain vanilla stories, and. It, it never fails. We'll get comments from people saying that's exactly what I needed to hear yep. uh, when I heard it. So, you know, somebody has dealt with what you've dealt with, no matter how minor or major you think it is. Somebody out there needs to hear it. Um, this story right here is a good example. Um, this was a the, you're going to you're going to enjoy this one and it's going to touch some people. So yeah. if you're out there, write it down. It's always a good exercise to write down your testimony, yep. uh, to write down your story, where, where you've walked in this life, because many times people out there may be walking exactly where you are, but they think they're the only one. Yeah. And that's where that's where hope comes in. When yep. you hear about people who have dealt with the same thing you are, that gives you hope, and that gives those people out there hope. So go to runforgod.com, uh, write your story, send it in, and if you're part of Run Club, it goes to the top of the list, right, Dean? That's right. All right. That's right. This week, we talk about stories. My music minister, we, actually, we were talking last week, and he was telling me that um, his wife just lost her grandmother, and it was really, really devastating to her. And what, what the problem with the whole thing was is that she wasn't sure if her grandmother was saved or not. Mm. And it was really weighing heavily on her because she felt like I should have. She had asked her a number of times, you know, do you have a good relationship with Christ? You know, and, and tried to get that out of her. But her, her grandmother was very private and didn't really share a lot of personal stuff. And so she never could really get a definitive answer to her uh, to, uh, about that question. And so it was really weighing heavy on her for almost a week. And so. This week goes by, and then what happens is a week into the the whole um, the, the family is all together and and they're all grieving and, and all of that. What happens is this this girl, one of the granddaughters, her name is Doodle. Um, she goes out one day and she's drawing on the sidewalk with chalk, mm-hmm. and so she draws this picture of an angel, and so. You know, the adults come out and they they go to look at what they're doing. And this question still weighing heavy on her mind about whether her grandmother had a relationship with Jesus. And she says, well, Doodle, what is that? What is that uh, picture? What? Why did you draw a picture of an angel? She said, well, grandmother, in the last couple of weeks that she was alive, she was sharing with me about Jesus. Hmm. Wow. What a spectacular way to, to give you cold chills. Yes. Right to get an answer to that question um, through a child. And just it was just it just made me just I don't know. It was so exciting to hear that, especially after hearing him be so worried about her the week yeah. before. So pretty cool. All right. Some people's journey is tough. Um, we shared one a couple of weeks ago, and this week is kind of another tough road, uh, but different circumstances. And this one comes from uh, Jan Klemp. It's My Journey to a Marathon. I grew up in a Christian home but did not know what it meant to have a personal relationship with the Lord until I ended up in jail. It was a dark time in my life that I rarely talk about. I was going through a divorce from my husband of eight years. 
He was not working regularly and spending money that we did not have. He was also having an affair with a next-door neighbor. I was worn down from working full-time and taking care of our two young children. My self-esteem was at an all-time low, and I had such rage inside of me. One night, my husband said something that set me off, and I attacked him in anger. He called the police, and I was arrested and taken to jail. I felt so broken. I was alone in a jail cell and got down on my knees and prayed. I said, God, I need you. Please come into my life and help me. Then I felt a presence in that jail cell with me, and I knew it was Jesus. God heard my prayer and was right there to comfort me. He answered my prayer almost immediately because in less than a minute, an officer came in and said my bail had been posted. My neighbors were aware of what had happened and pulled together the funds needed to get me out. That was definitely orchestrated by God. I began noticing how God just kept putting people in my life to get me through this hard time. A check arrived in the mail from my brother for the exact amount I needed for my lawyer, and a co-worker left a check on my desk to buy Christmas presents for my kids. Those are just two of the many instances of God's provision for me. I started reading my Bible regularly, and my faith grew. I especially love the book of Psalms. I could relate to King David, who, like me, was full of so many emotions. As I experienced healing, I prayed for God to send me a good Christian man to share my life with when the time was right. I eventually met my husband, Dave, and we were married in the year 2000. I am so blessed to have a husband who cherishes me and shares my love for the Lord. Dave and I desired to have a child together, so we were thrilled when I was pregnant a month after our wedding. Unfortunately, I suffered a miscarriage and then five years of infertility. We prayed for a child, but when it wasn't happening, we focused on raising the two we already had and finding joy in our daily lives. God did eventually answer our prayers. I gave birth to our daughter, Grace, the day after I turned 42. Dave sensed a presence in the room during the birth and saw a shadow, so he likes to tell Grace that she was delivered on the wings of an angel. I was joyful about my baby girl, but that third child added stress to my life. I was busy. I used to take walks, but just didn't have time anymore, so I started running. After 20 minutes of running, I'd feel better. Eventually, I was running three miles at a time. My sister talked me into signing up for a half marathon. I didn't know what I was doing and did not train at all. We ran and walked and vowed that the next time we would train. I grew to love running and ran in some races after that. I never expected to run more than a half marathon. I was already in my 50s and the thought of 26 miles was overwhelming. One fall evening, I was just doing a short run by myself. I clearly felt God telling me, you will run a marathon. After that, I'd tell people, someday I'm going to run a marathon. But I never felt ready to actually do it until I discovered the Run for God Couch to Marathon Challenge. I felt compelled to sign up. I made it to Dalton, Georgia with my daughter Julie to run the 5K. It was a great experience, and I met so many lovely people, especially fellow runners in my age group, Angie Lauritsen, Jean Morrison, and Luann Swanson. 
I felt the training plans, listened to the podcast, watched the classes, and tuned into Facebook Live. There were setbacks at times, as in other areas of my life, but I pushed on knowing that God was with me. I chose to complete a marathon in my home state instead of traveling to Disney. So many people helped me on my marathon journey, whether they realize it or not. I think about Andy at the running shoe store, Dr. Ashley, the enthusiastic young chiropractor, and John and Deb, the two retired college running coaches that I met at the local track, to name a few of many that impacted me. On Marathon Day, I followed advice to enjoy the journey. I took in the beautiful fall scenery and celebrated each mile with a loud whoop. I talked to people around me and they laughed at my excitement. I thanked the volunteers along the way and said to myself, I am powered by Jesus over and over again. I heard about hitting the wall, but did not experience it myself until mile 25. That last mile seemed to last forever and I walked about two thirds of it. Finally, when a spectator said the finish line is just around the corner, I broke into tears and stepped up my pace because I knew I had done it with the Lord's help. I reflect on everything that God has brought me through in life, and I am grateful. I am definitely powered by Jesus. I'd like to add that on that day, on the day that I jotted down thoughts for this story, I ran into my ex-husband, literally because I was on a feel-good run. We had a nice conversation, and I felt forgiveness and peace in my heart. God's healing will do that. We serve an amazing God. What a great story, huh? Yeah, you know, it's just it's another it's another example of how God God can use even the what we feel like are the worst circumstances. You know, you 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 hear we we talk about it a lot on here. We talk about it a lot with people. You know, in lots of different circumstances, I had this conversation just last week with a grading contractor. Why yeah. do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. Well, Jan could be looking at that. You know, all those years ago, sitting in jail, she could have either said, "God, why are you doing this to me?" But she got down on her knees and said, "God, I need you." Yeah. Worlds of difference. Yep. In the two outcomes there. That's right. Um, why does God? Why did God allow bad things to happen to Jan? because it brought her to the foot of the cross. Yeah. And that's his desire. And in allowing those things is that it will draw us closer to him. But we're not robots. We have we have the will to do whatever we want. Yeah. And God's hope is that we come to the foot of the cross. But sometimes people go away and they say, well, you know, uh, an all-powerful God wouldn't do that. Um and you know i mean this is just another example of why we really ask you to sit down and think about your story whatever the circumstances are yeah because this is a completely different i we've never talked about a story where somebody came to christ in a jail cell that's true podcast yeah um everybody has their own circumstances and we we need you to share them yeah yeah. Well, this the you know, what I, one of the interesting things about this is this first time I've heard somebody start running because they didn't have time to walk. That's a, yeah. that was an interesting little caveat there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we've talked over and over again about stories where people just come into our lives at the right time and and these coincidences mm-hmm. as sometimes we'll call them. You know, the doodle story that I shared before this story. Yeah. Again, 
people just come into our lives and God uses people. And it's so cool to see God using all of those. She named off several people that God used to help her get through it. Um, a lot of times we like to talk about how we're not alone on our, on our journey. Mm-hmm. Not only are we not alone because of God's there with us, but he's sending other people there too. Sure. But, but again, we have to, we have to slow down enough to really look back and see, to see these dots that are so clearly connected, but we can't connect those dots if we're just going, 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 going. And, and I know we've talked about this so many times on this podcast, slow down, get, get alone and, and really start looking back and asking God to show you those dots that you can start connecting the dots. And, Yes, right here I was in a deep, deep valley, but that led to this, and then yeah. that led to this, and then that led me to where I am now. And you know, it 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 really brings peace and comfort for the next thing that you're going to go through because you're going to go through another valley. It may not be the same valley, yep. but you're going to go through another valley. And if you can look back, I mean, Lane and Rebecca shared some good perspective last week yeah. on you know really looking at how God can use injuries. Yeah. That'll give you confidence because if if you're a runner like they are, you're going to deal with injuries. Yep. And you can either say, why God? Or you can say, what are you trying to show me, God? Yeah. And that's, it's just a huge difference. And, and, and Jan got it. Yeah. Pretty awesome. How about this uh, passage from Psalms 138.3? When I cried out, you answered. You strengthened my spirit. Mm. That's one of those end of the rope scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. Where we just, we get to that point where it's like, God, please. And uh, it's amazing how he shows up in those. Well, I think, I think it has to be heartfelt. It can't just be a, an exasperation. It has to be a God, really, I'm looking for answers, right? Yeah. And he's, he's always there with them. Um, and so many times we have this attitude that you know if we're if we're walking close to Christ then then we're not going to mess up and, and when we do mess up then that that means that we're not close to Christ and she gives the example of King David I mean King David was uh, the epitome of this example yeah I mean he messed up over and over and over but he had a sincere heart That's for right. God and he cried out in in anguish many times and it, it brought him closer it, it he became known as the the man after God's own heart. Yeah. But yet he did all these terrible things and we're going to mess up. We're, yeah. we're going to, we're going to have setbacks, but what do we do as a result of those is what God's after. That's he's after that result. Are we going to turn away and say, why or are we going to turn to and say, what are you showing me? Yeah. One of the things about this particular passage that God seemed to show me as I read it was, it says, when I cried out, you answered. It's past tense. Mm -hmm. It's remembering the experience. He's getting quiet and looking back. Yeah. It's the being thankful for those tough experiences. And uh, it's, it's so important to everything that we do that we look back and we appreciate where we came through, even where, when we came, whatever we were doing when we came through, wasn't comfortable for us. Sure. Matthew 26, 40 says, and the king will say to them in reply, amen, I say to you, whether you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Whatever you Excuse did me. for one of these. Whatever you did. Yeah. 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 This is, I mean, this is the whole idea that we need to be putting other people first. You know, it's, we talk about on here, or we've talked about on here before that, you know, many times, you know, our kids, 
sometimes they need another another input and you know sometimes it's we've seen it in coaching i used to get kids to do things that their parents never could get them to do and it's just because it was a it's another input you know they that and we're kind of dealing with that right now with Lane. Lane has been talking to a good friend of mine, an adult, and and kind of not not as a mentor, but kind of a mentor, but just advice. And, and I'm I'm encouraging that. But you know, one thing he is he is telling Lane, and I'm so glad he is, is is this right here um, that you need to be second. You need to be when when someone talks to you, you need to ask, "What can I do for you?" And that that's not a posture of weakness it's a posture of strength yeah um and we need to take that posture with everybody we come in contact with because that that shows god in our lives yeah it shows that we don't think about our lives it's just all about us and that's that's such a good lesson and um and it's biblical yeah and i'll tell you this it's terrifying to think that at some point in time we're gonna have to answer for how well we did with that yeah because just frankly we're the world becomes more selfish every year, it seems mm-hmm. to me. Um, I know how selfish I can be. I know how I can miss stuff because I'm, I'm too focused on what I'm doing. Right. And this whole idea of sitting in, in judgment right. for, for that is really terrifying. Well, I kind of got but, tickled. We had a, a dinner up at my brother's one night this weekend. And uh, <laughs> it, it became obvious that something was different about Lane because you know, usually when food comes out, Lane's at the front of the line. Yeah. But he waited for everybody to go first. And uh, and my brother noticed it and yeah. commented on it. And it's, you know, but I have to admit, I, sometimes I'm the first one in the line. And, and it's, we've got this, this is an excellent way to shine Christ yeah. in a world that wants to be first in everything. Take a back seat sometimes. And, and so... In that instance, I learned from Lane, or yeah. I was reminded yeah. by what Lane is trying to do that I need to work on it just as hard as he is because so many times we can get complacent. Yeah. And we think whatever we think, and, and we, we kind of let some of these scriptures go when we need to be focused on them every day. Imagine if this scripture talks about whatever we did for these less fortunate people you did to me. Imagine if we looked at everybody around us mm-hmm. as if they were Jesus. Yeah. Can you imagine how the world would change if mm-hmm. we could do that? It, that's pretty amazing. But I'm, you know, you, I think you and I both are this way. We you put her, put her head down and we're doing whatever we're doing. We're doing, we're doers. And, and we get, it's easy to get so self-absorbed in that. that yeah. And I think that's good. I think there's nothing wrong with that as long as when the, because what happens is I think God makes those opportunities sure. obvious to us if we're paying any attention at all. But yeah. Yep. Uh, scripture passage three, Joshua one, nine, <laughs> I command you be firm and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. So this is kind of what you just said. This is the doing verse. Yeah. Yeah. Go do. Go do. Don't fear. I'm with you. I've commanded you. Go. Yeah. Know you've got somebody in your corner. Yeah. That's, that's going to help you through it. Yeah. This is, of course, you know, this is one of my favorite Bible verses yeah. of all the Bible verses, mainly because I love this version's a little bit different mm-hmm. than the one that I have at the bottom of my emails and stuff. It's, um, 
have I not commanded you? In other yeah. words, listen, buddy, <laughs> you thick-headed dude. Uh, I got. Let me say it one more time so you can kind of get it through your thick skull. How do we say it to our kids? Yeah. I already told you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I kind of I like. But I like this version too. This is yeah. a. I don't know if I've. Uh, I'm not sure if I've read this verse yeah, in the, this version. I don't know the version this is. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a little different. It's pretty good. Yep. God is not giving us a choice. Um, he's he's commanding us, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot about worriers, people who are, they're just consumed with worry sometimes. And God is saying, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Don't worry. Now, concern and worry are two different things. We've had that discussion before, and there's nothing wrong with being concerned. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being, wor- with being worried to a point of making sure you want things to be taken care of and things like that. But just pure worry. Mm-hmm. Is not a good thing. No. I mean, it'll consume us. Question one. Do you feel the presence of God during the dark times in your life? Yes, but many times you got to you gotta look for it. You got to, mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say look for it because it's right there. Yeah. But so many times we're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We're, we're, we're distracted by yeah. the thing. Yeah, the the situation, and we're so focused on that that we're we can't see God's presence, which is right there. You know, we we talk about looking down in the deep abyss of a of a dark canyon, and it's just black. But all you got to do is turn around. Yeah, and the light's right there. Yeah, it's right there, but you can't see it when you're looking down. Yep. right there, and that's that's where I think I get. And yeah. I think many people get is we're so focused on that deep dark black hole that we're never going to be able to get out of. And light many times is the fix for everything. Yeah, a lot of times it's like you've. I know I've done this a hundred times where I'm looking for something. I know where I put it, <laughs> right? I put it in this spot. I know I put it in this spot, You're and I'm looking. Thousand percent sure. Yes, and it's not there. It's not in the spot where I put it. And everybody's getting blamed. Yeah. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But here's what happens: is you realize. It is in that spot. You just had something else was covering it up. Right. You know, and it's like, you moron. Well, see, <laughs> usually my wife what? is the one that goes over and moves the piece moves of paper or whatever. Because I've been blaming her. Like, what, what did you do with my thing? Whatever it is. And she comes yeah. over. It's like ketchup in the refrigerator. We don't have ketchup. Why don't we have ketchup? And she goes and opens the refrigerator and it's right there in the door. It's like and it's not in the spot it normally is. Exactly. Yeah. But we feel like such a a moron yeah because it, it happens a yeah. lot in my house yeah. to me uh and it's uh, it's because you and i are not known for patience yeah we want things right where they were when we put them there last and uh especially when you have two teenagers in the house that just it's not it's not realistic that, you're right <laughs> you know sometimes i think god just wants to see how we're going to react to those things too you know he knows it's coming He's like, watch this. And he wants to see how we're going to react to it. And I think that over the years, as that happens more and more, you get a lot more calm about those things and a lot more apologetic if you were blaming someone else on as some well. Things. On so, some things I think I get worse. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that's probably not good, but it's, yeah. yeah. I've gotten more patient in my older age on a lot of things but i think i've become less patient on a few things yeah and i won't describe those things right now but yeah 
Cleveland Highway drivers is at the top of the list. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I recently had this issue recently. It was, it was a, it was one of those things where I've been praying about it and I've been worried about it and I've been trying to find an answer to it. And I feel like I just haven't had an answer and it, it's just been, you know, I'm just looking mm-hmm. and I finally got to the end of it and I was like, God, please. And to that point where I'm just pleading with him, like, just please give me something. And seriously, a few minutes later, I got an email from somebody that kind of answered the the question that I had that had been just burning through me. Yeah, and it and it just and it was there. Yeah. And and so many times, I think he wants us to get to that point, get to the where, end of ourselves. Yeah, where it's like, God, I just I need you. I mm-hmm. I don't need to make a decision. I need you to help me make this decision. And mm-hmm. and when we get to that point, he's like, Okay, now I can I can help you because before you would have just taken credit for making it. But a we do that. Th- we do that same exact thing with our kids many yeah. times. And you know, we we let them, and, and and it's a good thing in many cases. But we let them agonize about something. Knowing that we have the answer in our hip pocket, but we we kind of let them go through the emotions of whatever it is, and knowing that we're going to bail them out right at the end. Yeah, and man, that's exactly what God does with us so many times. Is yeah. he he? There's always a lesson in that valley, in that darkness, in that trial. There's always a lesson, but we got to look for it. Yep, we gotta we gotta look to God for it. Yep, yep. Another question. Do you see the hand of God in encounters with other people in your life? Mm. <laughs> Daily? Mm-hmm. Sometimes? I mean, it's all the time. Um, I, I, you know, I listen to this guy on podcasts, and I won't name him, but he's not, he, he's pretty messed up in some ways. Um, but he thinks about things in different ways, and I like that. And so I listen to this guy, and he's not a Christian at all. Uh, he thinks we're living in a simulation. He honestly believes in his heart that we're all in this computer game. And he points out all the time all these things that prove that he's right, that we're in this computer game. And I thought about it the other day. There's some truth to that. We're in God's simulation. Mm-hmm. We're God does move us around in ways to accomplish his will mm-hmm. we kind of are in a simulation but it's god's simulation well the story's already written yes i mean god knows the beginning and the end yeah um somebody explained it to me one time in this way you're talking about god's will and we're, we're not going we're not going to get into that theological discussion but it was a good way to describe it and it's kind of what you're saying it's it's they said you know god is kind of like us watching a recorded football game and um, you know the the game's already over. We you can you can fast forward to the end and, and see the ending, but many times it's um there's nothing you can the the people playing the game don't know what's about to happen, but there's somebody outside that knows exactly what's about to happen because yeah. they can fast forward and rewind, but the people in the game are making their own choices. Yeah. We're not affecting, we're not we're not telling them or mandating them how to run that play. They're making their own decisions on how to run that play. But we're we're outside of time looking in on this. I don't know. I'm probably not saying it exactly how it was no, explained to me, cool. but it it really kind of puts things in perspective that in that instance we're almost like God. We're we're 
we're nothing like God, but we're almost like God in the fact that we're sitting outside of that football game, outside of the time that it happened. Yeah. And we're watching this and we're watching everything play out and we can fast forward to the end and see the ending. We can go back to the beginning and see the beginning. But the people in that football game, the players in that football game, they're in the moment and they're making their own decisions. And and that's that's very similar to, to how God is, you know. I don't even know how we came to this conversation, uh, but but that's kind of how God is in, in in time and space. Many times, yeah. is he's he's looking at the recording of our life, and he knows everything that's about to happen, but yet we're the ones making the decisions on what, when, where, and how things yeah. happen. And very often, he, I love it when he uses people to do that because there's a lot of times that God could just give us an answer. A very plain, clear answer. He could just go, boom, here's your answer. But most of the time, that's not how it works. Mm -mm. Most of the time, he sends a person into our life who verifies whatever that answer is or confirms a thought or just somebody right there at the right time giving us that answer. And that's the difference in us watching a recorded football game and the way God deals in our lives is – we can't I can't reach down and tell Tom Brady, hey, do this from from where I'm sitting on my couch watching recorded, but God can't. But God can't. God yeah. can go right into that football game and say this or tell us this. And yeah. He he's given us that coaching um from that position. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of that's it. That's really maybe interesting. confused people, heard. but I it makes sense to me. Yeah, it kind of gives me a picture. Yeah, I really like that idea. So, and have you ever thought about a God like like he's a coach and like he sure. puts people into the he's, game? He's the ultimate coach. Yeah. yeah, and he moves people around and yeah. has us play in different positions, mm-hmm. you know, doing different things. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. I've always said that I, I've always looked at God like this. I think sometimes God just takes two people who maybe don't even know each other and he moves them close together and then he just sits back and goes, watch this. You know what I mean? Because he knows it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Last question. Have you ever done something you thought you never could? I I think in some ways it's an easy answer, and I'm going to answer for both of us. The fact that we're sitting here. Yeah. You're right. 15 years ago, if you just said, hey, 15 years you and this guy you've never even met. You talk about putting two people kind of close together yeah. and saying, watch this. Yeah. I never met you 15, 17 years ago. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. So if you were to ask me then, hey, you and some guy you've never met, y'all are going to be doing a podcast paralleling faith and endurance. And you're going to be doing this on a weekly basis. Yeah. No way. No way. No, no way. What a crazy Not a chance. What a crazy thought. You're crazy. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. And then I think you think about the little things, all the little things that have to go into place. For example, the reason why I met you the first time was because a friend of ours uh, was going to run the half marathon. Oh, yeah. And she couldn't run it. She had an injury. And so she couldn't run it. So she said, well, I've already paid for this entry. Do you want to go ahead? Do you want to run it in my place? And that's and, and the fact that. I met you because I went to you to ask you, would it be okay for me to run in her place? Yeah. If I if I would have just signed up for the race, it might have turned out different. Sure. But the fact that that whole thing was orchestrated like it was. But, I, and that's the, that's and the things I'm talking about. You got to sit down sometimes and 
And when you really start playing that game of what well, if this wouldn't have happened or this wouldn't happen or this wouldn't happen, it's it's mind boggling how it <laughs> you, you kind of go back to the whole idea of, of creation. If you when you really sit down and you start thinking about all the things that had to happen, if we were if we were one percent closer to the sun, we'd all burn up. Yeah. If we were one percent away from the sun, we'd all freeze. All these things that it takes enormous faith to be an atheist. Yeah. Way more faith than it takes to believe that there's a God who is in control of all this, who has the the recorded version of everything and he's sitting up there watching and he's interjection interjecting whenever he wants to. When you really stop to think about it, how can you not yeah. believe? Whole wholeheartedly, yeah, wholeheartedly, yeah, yeah. This the whole question of I've ever done something you thought you never could. I remember when I was a kid, and my mother just drilled into our mm-hmm. heads: you can do anything you want to do, mm-hmm. and I believed her. Yeah. And so, you know, even to this day, it's like I, I, to your peril sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> but but to this day, it's still it's there's still days where it's like somebody says, you think you can do that? And I'm like, my first thought is my mother said I could. Yeah. So. So, yes, I do think I can. Uh, but it's it, it's awesome. That's good stuff. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station on J Radio. We are back. And, you know, I just saw a thread recently about running and running against traffic. And, you know, of course, you know, we've always preached, especially to the kids, always, always, always run against traffic. And there was some debate on there and there were some good points, some valid points about when it's appropriate to not run against traffic. This ought to be interesting. Yeah. Well, somebody gave the example of there's only six inches of space and a guardrail on the side where you're against traffic and on the other side there's six feet of mm. open space yeah, yeah. okay yeah. you know and, and you can see yeah yeah i can see that yeah it's, that's not a lot like that's not a lot unlike running with a sidewalk right you know if there's a sidewalk i'm running on the sidewalk whether sure. i'm against or or with traffic and so uh so yeah but i think we should always run on the left side when it makes sense to run on the left yeah, side I like to which see is, people's eyeballs yeah because it's amazing you know if you if if you don't run out on the road, it, it it's amazing. You can see, you can see if people are paying attention or not. Yes, you and do. I always try to make it a point to make eye contact. Yeah, and I have a, a lot better, much more comfort when I make eye contact. Yeah, the where you start to get worried is, and you can be on the left side of the road, but when when you can see them very clearly and the sun is just brightly and they're lighting up, that's a good chance that. They don't see you very yeah. good because the sun, you know, sometimes certain times of the day, the sun's low and you, I've, I've been driving in those circumstances. So that's when you really need to be careful. Is, yeah. Uh, but many times when the sun's in your eyes, that means that they're seeing you very good. So, yeah, I'm, 
It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, running against traffic, too, uh, makes us able to – I feel like we can get out – you can get out of the way if something's sure. not right. And if you're running with traffic and you never know it, well, you're done before you ever – Yeah, I, you know, I run from here a lot of times, and I go out on Georgia, too. And um, when I when I go to cross over to turn down beside Klein Lumber up here, yeah, um, I'll get over to the right, and it always makes me real worried – when I hear a car coming and I'm on the right side of the road, I'll, I'll get completely off the road Yeah, because you just, you don't know. Even though you're only doing it for like 30 meters. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. a lot of times I hear it's log trucks and you know, yeah. <laughs> if they're not paying attention, it's over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, have you ever thought about this? What about, you know, well, of course we drive on the right hand side of the road in America. What about the, the countries where they drive on the opposite side of the road? Yeah, I never thought about that before. Yeah. Wouldn't that feel weird? Yeah, I mean, not just when you're driving, being on the opposite side of the road, but when you're running against traffic and being on the opposite side of the road would also feel kind of weird, yeah, that wouldn't would be it? Real weird. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that until I was reading that post. Um, of course, there's some people that just don't want to run around traffic at all, right? And won't run around traffic, and you know, I completely understand those that those people and why they do that. Although. I do worry about our culture of safetyism, and we're mm-hmm. so worried about everything. I, you know, I've run over a hundred thousand miles in my life, and a very, very substantial part of it's been on sure. roads against traffic. Um, now, I've had some calls. You know, I've had people throw stuff at me and some bad stuff that have, have happened, but for the most part, it's been pretty safe. But you know, I've and you know, it took me years to, and, and I don't know if. I think Holly believes me now, but some of the safest roads are your biggest roads. Yeah. You know, these little back roads where you don't have a shoulder and you got ditches on both sides, some of those, and, and you got curves where people you can't see. Yeah. You know, like I said, I just mentioned I run on Georgia too, which is a state highway. I mean, there's big trucks, and but there's a big median. You can see people coming from a long ways away. And sometimes, even though the speeds may be higher on those roads, it's safer because you got a much bigger line of sight. You got bigger wider roads and lanes and shoulders um so i i like running on bigger roads sometimes more so than you know small back roads scenery is a lot of times better on the smaller back roads but you get the crazies out there especially in north georgia back roads um well it, it can get sketchy and and if you're worried about things like crime which i would argue is is not a huge concern but if you are then running in busier places is better. Sure. The the more people around, the better, because people typically, if somebody's going to do something nefarious, they're going to do it in a place where they can get by, where, where nobody's going to see it. Right. And so that's going to be on a back road somewhere rather than out there on a busy road. So, yeah, yeah lots of I think of the biggest things we have to worry about on back roads here is dogs. That's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, we don't, we have a leash law in Whitfield County, but not many people up our way pay attention to it. <laughs> no, I'm not sure how well we uh, enforce that <laughs> yeah. law. Yeah, it's great. All right, it's time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. I remember watching The Celebrity Apprentice back when it was on, bringing up an old show, and um, there was Lou Ferrigno was on there. And I don't remember who Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno was like Mr. Universe at one point in okay. time. He okay. was. Yeah, yeah. He also played the Incredible Hulk yeah. in the in the, the series on television. Um, and he, but he kept saying over and over again. This is no reflection on Lou at all. He kept saying over and over again. I give it a hundred, a hundred and ten percent, hundred and ten percent. He kept saying that over and over, and it drove me crazy. Yeah, because you can't give more than a hundred percent. Right. So it would drive me crazy. So. 
This story is called the 100% myth. We've all heard the question, did you give 100%? We've probably all said, that was all I had. I gave it 100%. We say that when we work crazy hard to accomplish a goal. It feels exhilarating to give it everything you've got. There is nothing like the feeling of laying it on the line and knowing that there wasn't one more ounce of energy left in your body to do any more than you did, right? There's only one problem with the feeling. It's not true. Now, I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly, but you see, it is impossible to give 100%. And don't get me started on the people who say, I gave it 110%. It is true that we can work really hard, but it is physically and mentally impossible to use every muscle fiber we have. We can never recruit every muscle motor unit for each running or walking step we take. When we take, when we take a step, we're using a portion of muscle fibers, but never 100%. Our muscle motor units take turns turning off and on as we take each step. If we were able to use them all, we could do unbelievable things. We've all heard the story of people finding superhuman strength in a life or death situation. A car is resting on top of a teenager who was working on it when it fell on him and somehow his mother finds the strength to lift the car. It wouldn't matter how many times she tried, she simply would not be able to do it if not for the situation before her. We call it adrenaline, and that's part of the reason for the additional strength, but it's more than that. In those moments of life or death, our brain is able to override the protective mechanisms of our musculature and recruit all of our muscle fibers. We don't understand it fully, but we know it's true. So what implications does this have for our running? Well, the truth is that there is always potential for more. It is true that we cannot override the protective mechanism in our brain and use all of our muscle units. It is a depressing thought that you can never give 100% until you realize that it means we can probably do a little more. We have to learn how to hack into what Dr. Tim Noakes calls the central governor, the brain. Your brain ultimately decides how many muscle motor units you recruit. This is why I talk about the mental side of running all the time. We know for a fact that we cannot reach our ultimate potential because the body is overprotective. And we would never want to override those protective mechanisms because we would all hurt ourselves if we could. But we can manage our central governor a little better. As I said, the brain is overprotective. It will not let us get too close to danger. Why do you think things like alcohol lead us to do dangerous things? It is lowering our mindful connection to our brain. If we let it, our brain will stop us very short of our full potential. But every time we push ourselves a little harder or a little longer, we tell our brain that it is okay to go a little more. Our brain remembers that. Training is almost as much about hacking our brain as it is about conditioning. I can think of one time that someone was able to give 100%. When Jesus died on the cross, he did it for 100% of our sins and 100% of the people on earth. It doesn't matter who we are, where we came from, or what we've done. Jesus gave 100% for each one of us. If you would like to know more about what it means to accept the gift that Jesus gave to all of us, please go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. If you're not sure if he is what you need, go to that site and just watch those videos. We think you'll find a peace that you have never known. The next time you're out running or walking and it seems really hard, 
Remember that there is more in you than you think. It is your central governor, your brain, that is trying to convince you of something that is not true. In a sense, your brain is the ultimate negative Nelly. The next time Nelly speaks up, tell her to pipe down. Jesus has me in his hands, and that's all I need. <laughs> that's a great story, Dean. And I guess that's probably one of our favorite topics. Yeah. Is is this very thing. Um, yeah, great job. 100% is 100%. It is. And we know. And we'll never. Sometimes we call that potential. Yeah. You know, 100% of potential. And, you know, we, I, 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 I couldn't help but thinking about, and I know you were thinking about it when you wrote it, but the, the Matt Fitzgerald yeah. book, um, How Bad Do You Want It? Right. Now, that's it's not a book we endorse because it's, it's got some language in it, but he, he kind of interviews a lot of the top athletes and, and the whole idea that there's always more. You know, and he he interviews people from different sports and finds out, you know, how they tap into that because there are ways. It's, it is something you can get better at. Um, there's natural ability, and then there's the ability to hurt more. Yeah. And that's two different things. Yeah, yeah. I think a good way to look at this, and I think I've used this analogy maybe even in one of the stories in the past, was – when you think about it, because we want to argue with ourselves and say, no, I'm giving it all I've got. You know, we all want we all want to do that. We all want to think that we're doing that. But it's really it's a lot like if you're standing on top of a building, if you've ever stood on top of a building or next to a cliff or something where there's a big drop off, we don't want to get too close mm-hmm. to the edge. And it gets really scary the closer we get to that edge. And even though we're plenty safe standing three feet from the edge of that building, it doesn't feel like it. Mm-mm. And that's our brain. Mm-hmm. Our brain is telling us that be extra careful. You're three feet from serious danger. Yeah. That's what our brain is doing when we're running. And when we hurt, when we're, when we're running, our brain is going, it, it's, it's telling us we're three feet from the edge when we're really not three yeah. feet from the edge and it, we're really not in danger. And, and I think that that's, it's hard to figure out how to overcome it for sure. Yeah, for sure. But we, we, we talk about it all the time. It's part, you know, the biggest, the hardest thing about coaching is getting people past that. Yeah, and, and we've used the example, and I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on here before, but um, in that book, How Bad Do You Want It?, uh, Matt Fitzgerald talks about the firewalk and mm-hmm. how, you know, you, you've seen people who do the walk on coals, you know, to see how far they can go. And he talks about that there's a wall out there, you know, at the other side of that hot bed of coals. And that wall is our full potential. That's it's one hundred percent is that wall. Nobody's ever going to be able to walk that far because it's just you'll you'll burn your feet off and you'll die. You know <laughs> that's that. But where our brain begins us to tell us to step off those coals can be changed. And what it is is how much in, in the in the issue of endurance sports is how much pain can you deal with. You know. My wall out there may be a hundred feet of way. Well, somebody that's more talented than me, his full potential may be 120 feet away. Mm-hmm. So he, he's got much more potential, but what it comes down to a lot of times is how far are we willing to walk? Yeah. How, how hot are we willing to let it get before we step off? And that can be trained, mm-hmm. you know, and so many times you got to be honest first. You know, because I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to walk that far. <laughs> I don't want to hurt that bad. I've told yeah. you this. I, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with, with running slow now. Yeah. I'm okay with that. But 
so many times people who say they want to run fast but they're 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 using the the they're using things like I can't yeah and I just don't know how it and and that's that that's the six inches between your ears that we talk about so many times and that's why you know it can get kind of confrontational sometimes when we tell people yes you can yeah and they'll say no I can't and yes yeah you can yep you just are choosing not to and that's a hard pill to swallow it is for a lot of people but the first the first thing you have to do in getting closer to that 100 percent or walking that fire walk further is being 100 percent honest with yourself yeah and saying yes i can but um in the past i haven't wanted to but i'm going to try to do it even more now um and yeah yeah i love this subject yeah yeah everybody everybody has to realize that they're not at 100 percent and the the more you embrace the idea that I know I can't get to 100 percent, the closer you're going to get to it, mm-hmm. I think, you know, because it's it's people who are just absolutely convinced that there's just nothing else there that are probably not going to find anymore because right. their brain is, is it's stopping them there and they're not going any further. Yeah. And very often when somebody gets to a plateau and they, they don't improve anymore, um, a lot of times that's where they are with it. They're, yeah. they're convinced that's as that's as much as i have and um sometimes there's there's but a when they more. finally have that breakthrough it's never oh. a physical breakthrough you're right it's never a physical breakthrough yep. it's a mental breakthrough that's right and they've 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 done exactly what you're talking about here they've realized yeah i am only at 20 percent here and there's 80 percent to go and uh, that's where big things happen yeah. you know the, the stories we hear about people that um said they could they could never run a marathon. The 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 story we, we read about earlier in this podcast. Yeah. You know, she never thought that a marathon would be at her age. You know, you hear that's another one people will throw up a lot. Yeah. Age is age is putting a limit on that one hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's putting a number on that. And you know, now now when you get to a certain age, yes, it becomes a limiter, but most people who use age as a limiter the age is not the limit yeah it's it's the brain that's right and uh, that's right do you struggle with motivation to exercise are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you the run for god run club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter healthier you Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back. And, you know, I, I saw this post the other day, a 62-year-old man. You just made my point. I did, yes. <laughs> 62-year-old man ran a 2.30 marathon. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's like 5.45. I would have probably said, did I not know that, that he was too old to run a 2.30 marathon. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't think so. 
Yeah, the yeah, he's six years older than me, and the idea of running a two thirty marathon right now at my age, and I'm pretty good. You know, I'm a pretty fast. You runner. are good, yeah. And th- that's not even in the ballpark of what my brain can comprehend. Where does that put him worldwide statistically? He's got to be in the top one percent of his age. Oh, of his age, he's probably that's probably a world record. I would imagine. Really? Okay, I would think um, if it's. Uh, but is I mean, just in overall, that's the top one percent of all runners. Was he American? Um, I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't need know. to find out some more about this guy. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy to think about it. I mean, that just running that pace for a five k, yeah, it, to me is fast. Yeah. So <laughs> it's crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, I've noticed something about these older athletes. It's a lot like what I see in high school athletes, where. We have a, a larger number of high school athletes who are faster now than there ever were before uh, because maybe, I don't know if it's people have more access to information mm-hmm. and so people train better. Or maybe, I think, it may even be more of a, they see other people doing it. And now that you see many thousands of people out there who are over 60 who are still running well, mm-hmm. you go and you think, well, if uh, if they, all those people can do it, then I can do it too. We hear stories about it in Run Club all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, they, they joined because they saw somebody. I mean, it's the reason that many times you teach one Run for God class in your community and the second class is three times as big as the first one. And it's because all those people were sitting back watching saying, well, if Sally does that at her age, yeah, then I'll join next time. Yeah, and it's it is it's contagious. It's you you see other people. That's why we talk about these stories so much. Yeah, and sharing your stories because seeing other people do things gives you the confidence to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was in high school, the the times that I ran in high school, there were probably just a few dozen people in the whole country who could run faster mm-hmm. than I was than I was running at the time. And now, um, the the top guys aren't running much faster than the top guys were back then. But there's a lot but more of them. But there's 200 yeah. that run that fast now rather right. than a, a few dozen. Yeah. And it's amazing to, to see. But, I, yeah, I think it's just – it's catching. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, people people see other people do it. And back then, you didn't know. You had to just hear stories and read stuff in the newspaper and, you know, you didn't know how many people yeah. there were out there doing it. So you didn't – I maybe you just don't feel like there's the possibility if you don't see other people do it. Um, kind of going back to what we were talking about a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, and then, of course, you mentioned um, in Run for God Circle so many things that people do, not just starting at an older age. There's so many areas of constraint that we, we have. Mm-hmm. My knees are going to, yeah. you know, a doctor told me, 30 years ago that I wasn't never going to be able to run because of my knees. And in some cases that's true. Sure. Somebody has a legitimate problem, but in a lot of those cases, it's not right. true. Mm-hmm. I had a doctor tell me when I was young that I, I should probably stop running because my knees were bad. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a hundred thousand miles ago. So, <laughs> it, you know, it yeah. was, it wasn't true, but right. if I would have allowed myself to constrain my thoughts at that time, I don't well, know what I'd be doing. This is the whole today. idea that I said a while ago. You, you've you've got to get honest with yourself first. Yeah. Um, is it is it your knees or is it you just don't really want to run? Yeah. And 
Maybe you just want to walk. That's okay, but be honest with yourself. Sure. And that's that's the first step because not being honest with yourself, whether whether it's consciously or subconsciously, I don't. I would think that's yeah, that's a real thing. You can you can make yourself believe things that aren't true. Yeah. And if you say that for if you would have said that for thirty years, you would be a different Dean Thompson right now, and you would fully one hundred percent believe that you haven't ran for 30 years because of your knees. Yep. When you've proved the doctor's wrong. Now, I'm not saying go disobey doctor's <laughs> orders, but right. sometimes go see a different doctor. Yeah. Um, you know, Lane talked about in last week's podcast that when you when you start dealing with injury, it's it's good not to get too many uh un um unprofessional inputs, but get several professional inputs because yeah. when we're talking about things Medical as it as it as a po as it is relates to running, you need some several inputs. Yeah. Because we've seen it with Lane, we've you talked about it with Rebecca. You you need multiple inputs yeah. because some doctors out there, some orthopedics are just anti running. Yeah. And sometimes you need a second opinion. I'm not saying ignore your doctor. Right. You said that clearly. I'm not saying ignore your doctor, <laughs> but sometimes we do need a second opinion because if you would have listened to your doctor 30 years ago, you wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of resources out there these days there are. too. So use those resources. Now you got to be careful with that because sometimes, <laughs> because if you read stuff, you know, if you got a, a Don't little, rely on Google, if you have a little pain in your shoulder, you can Google it. And sure enough, next week, you're, you're gonna probably going to be, you're probably going to be dead. Yeah. More than, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you got to be careful with it, but uh, but yeah, but use the resources though. All right, how about a trivia question for this week? Uh, this is uh, back to the back to the marathon distance. What is the fastest anyone has covered the marathon distance while running? Sounds like a trick question. Doesn't it sound like a trick question? What is the fastest anybody has covered the marathon distance while running? It's not the obvious answer, obviously. Well, it might be. Just got to answer the question. Well, I'm not gonna, I can't say what I'm thinking right now. It's really simple. Yeah. It's, I think it's a trick question. It's a pretty simple question. But is it a trick question? Not really, but yes. But not really. It really, it, I mean, there is, a, there is one single answer to this question. It's un, unquestionable. But let's see how many people know what that is. Um, All right. And then, of course, you can send that answer to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that question, then we will uh, send you a Run Club mug. I'm writing down on this piece of paper. Nobody can see it. Is that right? It is. Oh. Yes. Okay. But on a couple of fronts. So it may or may not be a trick question. It may or may not be. Okay. Yeah. You have to, I'll tell you what, you got, you got to tell me what the, what the record is too. Okay. I didn't put that in there. Yeah. You need to tell me what the record is. Uh, that brought up a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, here's the reason why running is so awesome. Um, it helps us be better mentally at everything we do. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, maybe you think it'd be really difficult to hike the Grand Canyon, but the fact that you're a runner and you've overcome these other things when it's really hard, you realize physically, you know, physical barriers are not really, I can overcome physical barriers, right? Uh, 
at work. If it seems like there's no way to get something done, you go back and you remember that time when you thought there was no way you could finish that 5K, but you did. Mm -hmm. And you realize, hey, maybe I can can do that too. It just makes everything feel more doable when you're a runner. So many applications and everything, or faith even, right? All right, our motivational thought of the week is this. It comes from Will Rogers. It says, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Have a bias for action. Yeah. Get busy. Do stuff. If we're not moving forward, um, if we're not moving, then we're and we're sitting there, we could get run over. So even if it's slow progress, don't don't be afraid to make slow progress. We talked about that from a weight loss standpoint. You know, it's better to lose a pound a week right. than to lose ten pounds one week. Sure. And, you know, and it it's just it's true for everything. Gradual mm-hmm. progress is consistency is the over time. Consi- always the answer. Yep, I think I've heard you say that before. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing what we can get done just a little at a time too. Yeah. It really is. All right, thanks for tuning in. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.